Catholic Libertarian Podcast. I'm sitting down with Jason Stapleton today to talk about his ebook, The Nomadic Wealth Formula, and just talk about a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Jason, how you doing? I am doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. I, uh, I found out about you very recently. Like, I'm very new to the whole libertarian circle, and I didn't know who you were until everyone started complaining about you on Twitter pretty much. <laughs> like, I, 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 knew who, I knew who your co-host Matt was before. I knew who you were. And then when I, you went on Pete Quinone's show, and I'm like, this guy, this guy's got something to talk about. And I started listening, and I'm like, this, I like this guy. A lot of stuff Oh, thanks, here. man. Well, I appreciate that. Um. I, I like, you got me working on my own set, on my own stuff. Finally, I'm making like this t shirt. Anyone wants it? The t shirt is for sale, you know, it's available to buy. The website will be up probably this time next week. Um, so you can stop. Help me. I like money, give me money. Um, the but your book, ebook, nomadic wealth, you went over a lot of things that I really enjoyed. Like the, the how to be a salesman, kind of your own story. Like, what was your you, you did the show, so why write the ebook? Like, what was your desire to write the uh ebook? Oh, well, I mean, I've, I've been talking on my show for a few years about the need to, about, about the, the coming, the coming recession. And one of the things we know is that business, business is cyclical, cyclical, economic situations are cyclical. And we were kind of riding on a high and you could tell economically that we really weren't in very good shape. And I said, I don't know what the catalyst is going to be, but I know that there is a, that there's a recession coming. And I said, if it's, if history is any guide, it's going to be worse than any recession we've ever seen. More people are going to be out of work than have ever been out of work before. Because if you look back from the 1980s all the way till, well, the most recent collapse prior to COVID, which was the, uh, the housing collapse, every single recession had been worse. And instead of solving the problems and resetting the economy, our central banks and our governments had just made it worse. They just, they'd patched over the problem. They'd hidden it through really really creative financial games that were not healing the economy, but were just allowing it to continue. I, I, I talk about it like it's a heroin addiction. You know, you can be in really, you can be really, really unhealthy, like at death's door. But as long as you keep getting the drug, you feel like a million bucks. And that's the way our economy was in 2020 and the way it is now today as well. But in 2020, after COVID hit, and we instantly had 40 million people who are out of work. I said, okay, okay, I've been talking about it for two years. Let me try and put some of this down on paper and talk a little bit about what the formula is for, for creating freedom for yourself. Rather than just say, hey, you need to have your own job and you need to work for yourself and you need to kind of be in a, in a, in a digital world because we're, we're very quickly becoming a, 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 digital, a, a digital economy. I said, let me try and put my thoughts down on paper. And so I sat down, I wrote the book in about a month and it's a, it's a quick read. It's not very long. It's about a hundred pages. And all I do is just try and explain my philosophy on what creates Liberty, how to create the greatest amount of opportunity for yourself and why I think these, these <laughs> principles that I talk about are so important. When it came to the, the book, I, when it comes to the nomadic wealth, focusing on yourself and building your own wealth, it there's something about it that a lot of the people, a lot of people don't like. A lot of people who are the, I've been trying to, I've been talking to Matt trying to talk about it to figure out why people are like that. We've kind of tied it to this Protestant motion of let's get in front of the audience and things can get better when you people to agree with you. And it's something about this, like it's um, people who claim to be individuals, they don't seem to focus on their own individual well-being. They seem much more invested in making sure everyone around them agrees with them than they are actually in being off. Like, they're, they're friends in the gulag, but they'll be in the gulag. 
That's mm-hmm. their mindset. And it really bugs me when you see these people who are adverse to wealth and adverse to being independent and they want to be dependent on something else. They want to be dependent on the job. They want to be dependent on the political strategy and political power. If they really hated political power so much, why do you think they want to be dependent on political power to change things? Because I can't figure it out. I, I actually, I don't understand. I, I don't understand that logically. I understand it emotionally. I understand that they, they feel as though <coughs> a person who feels that they have no power, a person who feels as though they don't have control over their own lives. Uh, it's very, very difficult for you as an individual to say to yourself, well, it, if you have no power and you don't make a lot of money and you don't, you don't, you're not connected for you to think, well, there's, I can't do this on my own. I need the help of others. I need the, a group of people who are going to challenge the, the current establishment and, and, and give me what I'm supposed to have. And I don't, I understand that from a, an emotional perspective, but it's not, it, it makes no logical sense to me. So if you're going to, if, if that's really the way that you look at the world and, and you need somebody else to help you to get what, you know, to get freedom or liberty for your life, uh, you know, and, and I come along and I say, no, 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 you can do this for yourself. And they immediately say, you know, I can see the people who attack, who, who have attacked me because I am very critical of people who spend a lot of time working in politics. I don't think that's a valuable use of anybody's time. Uh, but there are a lot of people who are not even that involved in politics other than just talk, preaching and, and screaming about it online. And for those people, what I really don't understand is the, the attack against somebody like me who says, no, 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 you should focus on wealth and income mobility. And the response I get back is, well, yeah, all you care about is making money. It's like, dude, I thought you were libertarian. Like, I thought that you were that you believed in in personal responsibility and and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and taking charge of your own life and being responsible for yourself and your family. I, I, you're for you to attack my ideas that way and, and to to suggest that somehow my my desire to go and make money to set myself free is a is an anti libertarian or anti anarcho capitalist belief is shocking to me really I, there's there's no it doesn't it makes no logical sense and so all you can chalk it up to is they feel that when i start talking to them about wealth and income mobility and they are poor and uh, and have no power the, they see it as a personal attack as though i'm somehow attacking them for being in the state that they're in and and i'm not i'm just trying to say hey if you feel like you don't have any power or any control over your own life if you don't have any money and you don't have any income mobility Maybe focus on those things instead, rather than wasting your time with a political process that you most of you reject if you really talk about the principles of libertarian and especially anarcho-capitalism. Uh, if you if you find the state reprehensible, I'm not entirely sure how you justify logically the, the you know the desire to be involved in that political process. But yeah. again, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I I. I've decided that I don't I'm not concerned about those people. I'm just concerned about talking to the people who who are already kind of understand what I'm saying at a, at a fundamental level. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very uh, best. I could figure it best. I could figure it out is that the time management is very weird with these kind of types because they'll spend all day long on Twitter talking to people who already agree with them and maybe have a few small disagreements on like the border or like, well, should we legalize this drug first or this drug first? And they'll read all these great books and it's like, these are great books. They're fun. They're really good. And they're great for hoping to convince people's minds. But that's all you're doing at the time is reading these books and talking to no one new. 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the problem with if they were talking to new people and bringing new people in, but they're not even doing that. They're just such, it's, they're just in a circle joke with a well, bunch it's of worse than, It's worse than that. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't discount or look down on somebody who wants to become deeply educated in the philosophy that they, that they espouse and they believe in. So, you know, all of the books that you read on libertarian philosophy and free market philosophy and economics, those are all really good things to do. And I think you should go as deep as you want to and, and, and as you're comfortable with. What I don't understand is that not only are they not bringing p- new people in with that attitude, but the second that they do come in and you get a new group of people who are learning <laughs> about these ideas, uh, immediately they you get out of line, you say one wrong thing, and they'll attack you and vilify you and say you're not a real libertarian or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I get really tired of that a few years ago. And you know the reason that you had not, hadn't heard my name because you're relatively new to this space is because a few years ago I just left all that. I said you guys are you guys are not important. You guys are not making a difference. You guys are. You guys are, in fact, frankly, if I'm being honest, they're they're not good people. They're really not. Anybody who's going to go online and chastise you and call you names and put nasty memes out there, and it, it, those those aren't good people. Those are terrible human beings. And just because they they support a philosophy that I happen to agree with doesn't mean I want to spend any time with them. No, absolutely. Let's talk about selling things. You have a great line in the book. Um, I don't know if it's your line or if it's, uh, it was in quotation marks. Selling is really just a communicate, just communication. When done quickly, it's effortless. I had on Brian, I think it's his name, Brian Nichols. I'm sorry if I got it wrong. He wrote an ebook about how to sell liberty to your friends. And we did a mock phone call about how to uh, do like call people in the community and be like, hey, do you hate school choice? Or, or do you want school choice? How do you sell kind of, how do you sell liberty to people? And it's a great ebook. I learned a, lot, a little bit about selling things. What would you say are some good tips people should have if they wanted to start selling, not only selling a product that they create, but selling their own skills? Because the medical growth isn't just about having products to sell. It's about having skills that you specialize that can offer that can make you money. Mm-hmm. So how do you sell yourself? How do you determine how, what are my selling points? What is some advice? Well, so- selling yourself or selling a product or selling an idea are really all the same thing. And I think the most important thing that anyone can do when trying to sell something is to f- put all of the focus on the person that you're selling to. I think one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest sales <laughs> mistakes that people make is they end up they end up making it about them. They're like, oh, here's what you should focus on. Here's what you should think is important because this is what I think is important. Here's why you should buy this for all the reasons, not necessarily because those are the things that interest them, but those are the things that interest you or I. And one of the things I teach my clients when we get to the point where it's time to start selling is I say, everything is about them, their wants, their desires, their needs has nothing to do with you at all. You are, I think a lot of times people position themselves in a sales environment as the hero. Oh, here I am. I'm going to fix your problems or I have all of the answers. And if you'll just listen to me, then I'm going to square everybody away and the world will be a better place. And if you don't, listen to me or you don't agree with me, well, then obviously you're just an idiot and you haven't been educated enough and you need to go read some more Rothbard or you know whatever else. The reality is, is that we should be positioning ourselves as the sage. We are the, in, in, in everybody's life story, we are all the hero of our own story. So let me put it this way. We're all the hero of our own story, right? So in your life, you're the hero. You're the guy who's challenging the status quo. You're the guy who's putting the podcast together and trying to build the business. You know, in my life, I'm the hero of my story. 
the worst thing that you can do in trying to convince somebody of your ideas, the value of your product or service, or of you as a person is to put yourself in the hero position in the client's story or in your, in your prospect mm-hmm. story. Instead, if you can think about it like Star Wars, because everybody kind of knows Star Wars, you know, in, in I, Star I Wars, month, I did a month of Star Wars podcast. So. Yeah. Okay. So great. So in Star Wars, <laughs> Luke Skywalker is the hero. He's the guy who comes in and saves the day. Who's the sage? The sage is Yoda. Yoda is a minor side character, but you see, Luke couldn't have done his job. He would have never been able to, to harness the force to go and defeat Darth Vader had he not met Yoda and been trained by Yoda. When you're communicating your value or the value of your product or ideas to somebody else, it's really, really important that you be the Yoda um, and you don't be the Luke Skywalker because it, it, it's, it turns people off. That is some that is some good advice. Be the sage. I, I like that. I like that you you, you couch the selling terms and hero's journey and that like ah, impressed. I'm always impressed listening to your podcast. Thanks, man. Um, I don't know. I say I go to your podcast and your YouTube stuff, like how to make a website, how, all that stuff. Like when I'm working on my website, I watch your videos. Like you and my, I go to you a lot on your, your all your content to figure things out. And so very, I'm very I'm very happy and very happy to be talking to you that today. Um, oh, thanks, dude. How would you, uh, when it comes to determining your skill set, one thing I've been trying to figure out, uh, I was going to school, go get economics degree, go be a P- get a PhD and be a teacher. Now I'm not so sure because I'm not so sure the t- way things are done, given the new way things are going to be done in the future, if typical teaching jobs are going to be around. And even if they're all online, the demand's going to exist. And what your, your podcast, your last podcast you did about the uh, the Dow of the Nomadic Wealth, talk about the, the new t- the fourth turning, all this new stuff coming out. Where would where could someone go to get more information? Because you're kind of front line on that. But where are you getting your information on this whole like blockchain and all, all of the crazy technology? Like, where are you getting your information from? Man, I do a lot of reading and a lot of listening to random stuff. And I, you're the like the third person who's asked me, where can I go? What podcast should I listen to to find out more about this stuff? Um, I am a, I am a voracious reader and I, I'm also really inquisitive. I, I think you, you have to have an inquisitive mind. You have to be interested in stuff. You have to, you have to not just want to know that something works. You want to, you need to know at least in some areas of your life and you need to want to know how that works. You need to be fascinated by something. And whenever something, I, whenever I get fascinated about something, I end up reading everything I can find on it. I end up listening to a bunch of podcasts and stuff on it. I end up, uh, I end up talking to a lot of people who know a lot about it in trying to formulate my own opinions. Now, I, that's not very helpful for your audience. So let me let me give them a couple of specifics. So one of the best books that I have read on this is a book called Life 3.0. It's it's uh, was created by a guy or written by a guy named Max Tegmark, T E G M A R K. And this is about artificial intelligence and where we're going in in that world and what it's going to look like as as t- artificial intelligence becomes a bigger part of our lives and it's very much yeah. coming. Uh, a great podcast, just a fantastic podcast that I listened to a while back, and I didn't even find this one. It was it was recommended by one of the members of our Nomad Network. Is called. Let me grab it for you. This was on my. Uh, uh, let me grab it here and figure. It, it's it's called Micro Voices. 
and it is episode two, 286 and 285. It's a two-parter. So it's called, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Macro, M-A-C-R-O, Macro Voices, episode 285 and 286. Was great for people. anybody who's interested in decentralized finance or interested in uh, autonomous organizations, which are two things that I've talked about recently. And then if you want to know about the fourth turning and kind of where we're at and kind of the, our life cycle, and um, then I would just go read the book, The Fourth Turning. It's, it's not very difficult. It doesn't take very long. And it's a great, that'll give you kind of a jumping off point, And that at least sets you up. So you have kind of a basis of a foundation of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about finding niche markets and, uh, selling to your needs. One of the things I've noticed I've been, as I was reading this book, I was trying to take these ideas and apply them to other people and see, okay, this is what, these are these that work and how to make money and how to be successful at selling things. What are people who are selling things doing right? Like Dave Smith, Tom Woods, and what people are doing who are not working. And I looked at a lot of these new Liberty podcasters, people who I'm friends with and I like. And what I noticed about a lot of these people is that they're trying to fill a market that already has someone in it. They're all trying to beat Dave Smith and Tom Woods. And it's like, they're already there. They're trying to beat Dave Smith at his own game. That doesn't seem a very effective strategy. You know, like, these well, yeah, because you not- can't, you can't beat Dave Smith. There's only one Dave. Yeah. So the, now the, 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 the broader question that you're asking is, well, we don't need another libertarian podcast, so you shouldn't even start one. And, and that's ridiculous because we don't there's a ton of stuff we don't need. Uh, we don't need another news program. We don't need another sitcom. We don't need a you know, we don't need another a lot of things. But people stand in line. People who are hungry for the content that you're producing will stand in line and look for it. But the problem with most people is they look at what Dave is doing. And they say, well, the way Dave runs his show and the way Dave talks and the way Dave acts, well, that's that works. So I'm going to try and copy that. And that's a failed strategy. You got to be yourself and, and you got to be you got to be wholly and completely authentic. And a lot of things that these shows miss is that you need a higher purpose. Now, I know they may think that they have a higher purpose in the show, but when you really dig into it, it's not well established. It's not well understood. And so they don't get the traction that a lot of a lot of other shows, the successful shows will get. And some of it is literally just about longevity. So Dave's been doing his show um, either almost either as long as me or maybe even a little bit longer than me. So that puts him at about the seven year mark or so. And um, he and I have been friends for many years. And I remember when his show was very small and he was trying to grow it. Um, and he was, I, I knew he was good from the beginning, but it just takes time to build something. And most people don't have, most people don't have the patience or the discipline to see something actually work, which is good for the rest of us because, you know, they're going to fade off. They fall into obscurity. And a lot of them don't have anything interesting to say either. So they just regurgitate everything else that they've heard on the five other podcasts that they listen to, and they get the same guests that the other podcasters have. And it's not, you know, it's it's if if you're getting the same guests that Dave's getting or the same guests that Tom Wood's getting, and you are a a, a shittier podcaster than he is, then nobody's going to listen to your stuff. They want something extra or more or different if you're going to have the same guest on uh, because they're going to want a different perspective. And most people don't understand that they can't just mimic somebody else's success. Yeah. I, I said a lot of, a lot of people when, they start, when I started this podcast, like, okay, before, I, want, I want to do one for a while, like for a year and a half. I was like, even when I was like hardcore Trump conservative, like I'm going to start a podcast. And I'm glad I didn't do it then because I have a, whatever weird like history. Well, maybe it'd been fun because you could have watched it go from Trump to Jorgensen to 
this, but one thing I one thing my I like about my podcast, I reason I do this is I want to learn. I want to learn things. Like I'm having, I had Steph and Stella come on and do explain intellectual property like I'm five. Like I, I, I'm wanting to. That's what I'm having you on. I wanted to learn more about this nomadic world. Learn about how to be a salesman. I thought I read the book. I'm like, okay. Well, now I can maybe talk to the guy and learn more directly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm hoping the people who watch this also are doing. I hope they want. Okay, well, let me learn along with this guy. I don't think I know anything. I, I read like two of those books and watched a bunch of podcasts and know nothing. But now I'm trying to learn everything. Hope people can come along with me on that and learn with me, and we can learn together and come out kind of knowing more as a group and. That's what I'm trying to do with the podcast, and I hope I'm doing it, but I, I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. Um, when it came to uh, your ebook, and it came to writing nomadic, nomad, the, the emphasis of nomadic, nomadic worlds, being able to travel around and stuff. When I first heard that, I have a friend who's like that. You know, he when he when he said um, when he's getting his degree, getting his engineering degree, he's like, I can travel anywhere I want to be for work. And so, so he's like, if things go bad, I can just leave. And then my hardcore Trump days, they're like, oh, you're just a coward, not going to stand by America. I was an idiot. You know, these ideas, the idea of people who want to survive and be, be better off for their own family being cowards is insulting and terrible. And um, I noticed a lot of these people don't like the idea where it's like, oh, they, w- they won't let you leave or they won't, uh, they won't let you leave. They won't let you, you're not allowed to leave. Uh, why would you want to leave? Like, I don't get that. Like, uh, what, what do you think it is the people who all have this? I, I really, how do I put this? A lot of people have a really disdain against the idea of people wanting to leave and be better off somewhere else. Like, why do you think that is though? I can't. Well, I, I think that there's. Oh, we we have a we have a deep nationalism here in America, which I mean, I don't I don't begrudge anybody who says I would want to stay and fight. Most of those people are keyboard warriors. Most of them are never gonna. They're gonna fall in line <laughs> when the chips are down, and they like to talk a lot of trash because it makes them feel like they're powerful and like they're gonna. Use it. I mean, I I know I know real killers. Like I know real dudes who will mess your world up, right? And, and ain't, you know the the most of the guys that you're gonna meet who talk like that and who chastise you for wanting to leave, they've never been in a war. They've never been shot at. They've never seen what what civil strife does and what a collapsed economy does to a world and to a nation if they did they'd have a very different tune and so i don't really care about those people because I, i'm again i'm not trying to convince anybody but i think it a lot of times people hear the i the this principle of nomad nomad uh, nomadic wealth or or becoming a nomad and they think well, I don't want to leave my hometown. I don't want to leave my country. I like it here. America is is where my family is. And we're not talking, and I'm not talking about you having to leave. Uh, being, a, being nomadic and having the ability to go if and when you need to is not the same thing as living without a home. You know, it's not the same thing as a man without a country. I hope we never get to a point where I have to seriously think about scooping up my family and moving to some other land because it's just become too totalitarian here. But if that day ever comes, I want to make sure that I can do it. I want to make sure that my choices aren't fight and die, fight and go to prison, or watch my family struggle and suffer through a a horrific civil war. I mean, those, those options to me are... Are ridiculous or absurd and anybody who feels like hey they want to do that all right fine I, most of them don't really understand the way that it works and so for those people i just let them go for the rest of us and for anybody who looks around and says yeah dude i'm not gonna 
I, you know, I'm not going to stand there and start shooting at cops or shooting at the military when they roll down the streets, dude, I, I'm, I got a responsibility to my kids and to my family to make sure that they're safe and that they're provided for. And I can't do that if I'm in prison or dead. And so what are my other options? Well, most of those people are going to get to a point where they don't have any choices because they didn't listen to what I was talking about. They didn't, they didn't start to create a little bit of nomadic income, a little income mobility for themselves. And so when the chips come down, they don't have the money to flee. They don't have the ability to move and they're stuck. And so my mission, my goal is just to try and share these ideas with as many people as possible. And for the few who actually want to take action to really control their own lives and to control their own income, I want to help show them how to do that. Awesome. Awesome. <coughs> Excuse me. Ah. Sadly, we are running out of time. I only had 30 minutes tonight, sadly. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I have really enjoyed talking to you. Um, a little starstruck. Um, go ahead and plug your stuff. Where can people find your podcast? They want to listen to more. Or where can I get the ebook at? Like, go ahead and plug your, your stuff real quick. Yeah, I mean, you can get the you can get the Nomadic Wealth Formula, the book on Amazon, and just go there. And you, they got we've got a digital version and a regular version. And um, then, if you're interested in knowing more, we have a community called the Nomad Network, and we would love to have you as a member. It's free to join, costs you nothing uh, to become a member. Just go to my.nomadnetwork.app. That's my.nomadnetwork.app, and you can set up a free account and check it out. We are very quickly approaching a thousand members. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to grow from there. So I'm very excited about the success that we've had with it and, and the results that people are getting who are in the community and, and the value they're getting out of it. So, uh, and then of course, Wealth, Power and Influence is my podcast. If you'd like to listen, I'd love to have you for that as well. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. Well, everybody, it's another episode of the Catholic Libertarian Book Club. Uh, oh, I forgot. I always forget to ask this question. Sorry. Um, if you could recommend any book to people, what book would you recommend? Uh, the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Green. Okay. Well, you heard it here. Go read 48 Laws of Power by Robert Green. And uh, have a good night. I'll just hit the stop.